title is, Hear God the Creator. I'm going to teach you how to hear the voice of God. Let me ask some questions. Have you ever heard anybody say, God told me, dot, 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 and in your mind you think, what the heck are you talking about? Did God speak to you audibly and you heard it through your eardrums? Did you feel an impression? Did the hair on your arms stand up? Did you have a thought and that's what you're talking about? And are you, but maybe you got schizophrenia. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's what you're hearing. Was it Cece's pizza the night before that's talking to you, or did God really talk to you? And then you think this if that person's telling the truth and God really did speak to them, how do they know it was God? And you think questions like this are they just trying to sound spiritual? Are they trying to use the phrase, God told me, so that they can do something that they want to do? And by putting those words in front of it, we don't question them? When someone says, God spoke to me, how clear is it? Is it as clear as I'm talking to you now? Is it as clear as a billboard reading what you want? What in the world is that weirdo talking about is what you think half the time. I'm going to teach you and answer all of those questions over the next two months. Um, Have you ever read the Bible and you think, you know, I want to do right. I want to hear from God. I want something to happen. So you read the Bible and you don't understand a single thing you're reading. And you come to church and you hear me preach and you think, man, John Paul must have a really high IQ. He must be incredibly smart to be able to read the Bible and explain it. How come when I read it, I can't do that? It's not my IQ. I can promise you that. That's not the case. But whenever you read a college book, even in the area you've never been taught, you can understand it. When you read a novel, Twilight. You understand the whole thing and you enjoy it. When even you, you, can, you can open up an encyclopedia that's in the same language as the Bible you were reading. And you can understand the encyclopedia, but you can't understand the Bible. Why is that? I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you all the other ways that God wants to communicate to you besides just His voice. Nowadays, we can text, we can email, we can write letters, we can use body language, sign language. Our, our voice can fluctuate to imply different things. There's all kinds of ways that even we communicate to each other besides just, just talking verbally one-on-one. You know, it's so interesting, um, all of my best friends have been having babies lately. And the little babies, that baby cannot talk. That baby cannot write a letter. It cannot text, which will probably be the first. It'll probably text Dada the way nowadays things are. Did he just text me, Dada? Oh, I guess, you know. The baby can't do sign language. Yet when the mommy is holding that baby, the mommy knows exactly what the baby is communicating. Isn't that so interesting? That's how I think it should be when it comes to our relationship with God. 
If I told you today that I was going to teach you for the next two months on how to hear the voice of Martin Luther King Jr. Or how to hear the voice of Princess Diana. Or Mother Teresa. Or Prince. Or Michael Jackson. Or George Washington. Or Abraham Lincoln. Would you be more on the edge of your seat if I said that? Would you be more apt to take notes and, okay, I want to make sure when I talk to George Washington that I hear exactly what he's trying to say to me? How much more excited and passionate should we be about hearing the voice of the one who created those people who we admire in our life? I think this could be a very exciting series. A few months ago, I taught you how to pray. Remember, I did a whole series on prayer. Half of communication is talking. The other half of communication is learning how to listen. How many times have you been conversing with your spouse and you don't understand or hear a single thing they're saying? You're talking the same language. You just got done saying everything you want to say and then they're talking to you and you're thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're saying, because you're not listening to me. You just said what you wanted to say, and it's my turn to talk, and you completely ignore it. You're not hearing my heart. And they'll say it ten different ways, and then finally, three days later, you'll think, you know what, I do know, I understand what you're trying to say now. And yet, they're talking to you audibly, same, using the same language, face-to-face, and we still don't get it half the time. When I taught you how to pray, every now and then I hear people say things like, well, I can just say what I want to say, and God knows my heart. That's the most arrogant phrase you could say. The creator of the universe taught us how to pray. I taught you how to communicate to him. He's perfect. He's all-powerful, all-knowing and perfect. And you think you can just say whatever you want to say, and he'll say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll receive it, I'll do it. No, 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 you got to learn how to communicate. you got to learn how to talk. And on top of that, we have to learn how to listen to him as well. I have one rule for this series, okay, one rule. Some of you might want to write this down, but one rule is this. Don't be weird. If I teach y'all how to hear from God and you start acting weird, I'm going to be really upset and embarrassed, okay? The world is very cynical about the voice of God because there are people who have schizophrenia. And I'm going to teach you in the series, there are times where the devil speaks to us. And you've heard the devil's voice, might not have realized it. But there are people like that and they claim that God spoke to them. You can't be one of those weirdos that goes around doing weird stuff because God spoke to you. If God says something to you weird, keep it to yourself. We don't care. You have people over here that say, God does not speak today. And you have people over here that say, God told me what color underwear I should wear today. Here's what I need y'all to do. Woo, bring it right back in the middle and let's get balanced out, okay? If God tells you what color underwear to wear, don't tell anybody. It's just between you and God. Just say, thank you, Jesus. And you put on those hot pink ones and walk out the house. (laughs) Dan. And so... So... Just because God says something to you doesn't mean you have to tell people. Did God tell Joseph things about his brothers? Yes. Did God tell Joseph to tell his brothers what he said? No. It got him in a lot of trouble. If I come to you and say, you're my favorite church member, don't tell everybody that. Dan. (laughs) Just kidding. You don't got to share that kind of thing. Okay, so... Our series is HGTC, Hear God the Creator, and part one today is just a foundation. It's not going to be very deep, just a foundation. I just want to encourage you. Uh, the foundation for today, part one, is Holy Spirit Whispers. Holy Spirit Whispers. Every sermon in the series will have Holy Spirit in it. Whispers are precious entrustments. 
my entire life has been based on whispers from the Holy Spirit. It's been based on whispers that I obeyed, whispers that I ignored until the whisper was, I was desensitized to it, whispers that I pretended like I didn't hear, whispers that caused me to step out in faith and do things I would never have done had I not heard the whisper. When I was 11 years old, it was a Friday night, Thursday or Friday, and I had this strong desire to play the piano so I could play the piano in church. And my dad has a master's in music, and he had classical books all laying around the house. And on Saturday morning when I would normally get up and watch cartoons and eat my cereal, a whisper said, go play the piano. I was so young, I didn't fight it. I didn't think it was weird. I just went into the Florida room, and there were music books. And I opened one up, and just like that, I began to play what I saw on the sheet music. The next year, I was 12 years old, and uh, I heard a whisper that told me to take a homiletics class in college. I don't know what homiletics meant. It, it means now, it means the art of preaching. I was 12 years old. I sat in a class with 30 adults and learned how to preach. When my nana would take care of me on the weekends, she'd take me to this amphitheater in Darlington, South Carolina. I'd stand on stage at 12 years old. And I would preach to her. She'd be the only one out there. I would always take up an offering after we were done. <laughs> she was cheap. But anyway. I sat in a college class with a bunch of 30, 40-year-olds because of a whisper. Because of a whisper. Years later, I was 26. But I was watching this TV preacher named Creflo Dollar. And I was so interested, I ordered $150 worth of VHS tapes and cassette tapes, and all of a sudden in the middle of the day, it was about 6 p.m. at night, I was laying in bed and a whisper came that said, start a church, start a church. It was a very unusual whisper, very weird. So I put it through all the filters that I'm going to teach you about in the next few weeks. And I stepped out and started Solid Rock in a library. In the middle of the first service, a whisper said, a church of love. I thought, that's not, if it was me, it'd be a church of warriors, a church of fighters. In the middle of the first service, at the end of the sermon, I said, we're a church of love, out of a whisper. Starting a church, especially at 26, you make tons of mistakes. There's, there's no perfect pastor. A pastor's always trying to please God, help people. You know, you offend people. You, things happen. You lose friendships. You lose money. You lose time, energy with your family. You lose things when you pastor. There's so many times over the years I look back and thought, I did this because of a whisper. I'm here because of a whisper. I would have much rather had a billboard, an audible, a whisper. I'm here because of a whisper. Whispers can change your life. God wants to whisper to you about your marriage. He wants to whisper to you about your friendships. He wants to whisper to you and just tell you how much he loves you and how proud he is of you. A whisper. In Genesis, God spoke to light. And light had no natural ears to hear, no eardrums. And yet, light complied with the voice of God and showed up at 186,000 miles per second. Abraham heard God tell him where to move to. Adam 
heard the voice of God in the cool of the day. Noah heard God tell him to build a boat with such specific instructions. It had never rained before. Noah obeyed and his whole family was saved. Moses heard God speak through a bush that was on fire but not burning. Balaam heard God's voice speak through the vocal cords of a donkey. Joshua heard God tell him the number of times to walk around a walk around a wall. A prostitute named Rahab heard God tell her, "I'm going to take care of you. It's going to be okay." When Samuel was a little child in the middle of the night, laying in bed, he heard God whisper. God spoke to a murderer, an adulterer, a king named David, and told him when to fight and when not to fight. Jehoshaphat heard God tell him when he was surrounded by enemies, don't fight, sing, sing, and I'll fight for you. Imagine coming into church today and you have all these meetings, you know there's going to be conflict, things going on, and when you walk through you hear God say, hey, sing as loud as you can and I'll fight for you as hard as I can. Nehemiah heard God tell him to build a wall. Gideon heard God tell him the number of men to take into a battle and the number of men to send back home. Satan, aka Lucifer, aka the devil, heard the voice of God speak to him. They conversed about a man named Job. Jeremiah heard God rebuke him and tell him stop saying negative things about yourself. Isaiah heard God ask him a question, whom can I send? Isaiah was so confident that was God, he responded out loud and said, here I am, send me. Fast forward to the New Testament and God spoke in three-part harmony through prophets, shepherds, and angels announcing the birth of his son Jesus. When Jesus was getting baptized, a voice from heaven said, "Son, I am so proud of you." Jesus spoke to evil sinners, tax collectors, fishermen, city officials, religious people. Jesus spoke to wind. And wind heard him say, "Peace, be still." Saul heard the voice of God come from the clouds. A fig tree heard Jesus say, "Die," and it died. A fish heard Jesus tell it to swallow a gold coin. A dead body named Lazarus with no blood flowing through his veins heard the voice of God say, "Lazarus, get up and come forth." And a dead body heard the voice so clear, stood up and walked out of the grave. The question today is not does God speak? The question is, do we have ears? to hear that's the question all through the gospels we hear Jesus say over and over again in Mark 4:9 he who has ears to hear let him hear and comprehend by listening it's not talking about natural ears and I'll teach you about that in the next few weeks if i were to poll some of you and i said do you think god speaks more in the bible days than he does now A lot of you would say yes, but that's not true. If I asked you, do you think God spoke more clearly in the Bible days than he does now? You might say yes, but again, that would be false. 
in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it's called the Heroes of Faith chapter. And in every verse it says, Noah did this, and Abraham did that, and Deborah did this, and on and on. And the beginning of every single verse says this, By faith they heard from God. By faith they did what God said. By faith they obeyed the word of the Lord. If it was audible and loud and booming, it would have said, by fear. Because every time an angel sent by God, God uses angels to communicate. And every time he used an angel to communicate, the first words out of the angel's mouth were, don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid. I'm on your side. Don't be afraid. If the creator of those angels showed up with his booming voice, I trust me, it would say, don't be afraid. It'd be by fear. When Saul of Tarsus, who was not saved, heard the voice of Jesus audibly, it knocked him off of his horse and scared the mess out of him. So if it was this big audible voice every single time, it would not say by faith, it'd say by fear. In fact, let me prove to you even more so how it takes faith. When Jesus was on earth, talking face to face to people, same language, body language and all, even then, they didn't understand what he was saying. Only his closest disciples understood most of what he said. Many times they had to ask him questions. We don't get it. So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to give you a really important point in a few minutes but I want to prepare for that point and here's the preparation for that point I taught you this in a series before but I need to do it again for this series spirit soul body everyone in this room has a soul your soul is your mind your will and your emotions what you think what you want and what you feel your body is your earth suit in other words just like um I'm wearing this suit right now. When I get home later on today, I'm going to take this suit off and put on different clothes. This suit is not John Paul. This suit is not me. I'm going to wear something else later. When you get to heaven, you get a new body. We're not going to know each other by our body. In fact, remember when Jesus got his heavenly body but still stayed on earth for a little bit? They didn't recognize him. So you're not going to know me by this fill in the blank. You're not going to know me by my suit. If I take this, this out, you're, you're going to know us in heaven by our soul. That's how we know each other is by our soul, by our personality. What you really are is you really are a spirit. Your spirit will live forever either in heaven or hell. If you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then that's the Holy Spirit connects to your spirit when you get saved and you have a way for your spirit to take your soul into heaven. If you're not saved, your spirit and your soul go to hell and you get a body in hell that feels pain but never dies. There are times where God will speak to your soul. There are times, and I'll prove it to you in the next few months, where He will talk to your mind and put a thought in your mind. There are times where He will speak to your will, your desire, and you'll have a desire to give or a desire to help somebody or a desire to join a team. It'll be a desire. God can and sometimes speaks to your emotions and you'll have a feeling. I just feel something. 
There are times biblically and sometimes on earth where God will speak to your body. That's your eardrums, your natural hearing. But God is a spirit. And he will most of the time communicate spirit to spirit. So I'm going to give you a point in a second on this next slide. And I promise you're going to want to write it in your phones or somewhere because it will change your life if you get it. I'm going to say it like three or four different ways. We have a tendency to believe that we are humans having spiritual experiences when in fact we are spirits having human experiences. We have the tendency to believe that we're humans. Now if you're just a human, then if your little baby or your child dies, then I guess you'll never see him again. If you're just a human and your spouse was a believer and they die, I guess that's all they're going to do. That's it. If you're just a human, then when somebody offends you, then you just live offended. You're upset and they hurt my feelings because that's a human experience. If you're a human, then you should really value money because money, you need to just get as much money as you can and always go after money so you can do things in this earth and buy things and get all the stuff you want to buy if you're a human. See, you think you're a human and every now and then you come to church and you have a spiritual experience in church. You think you're human and every now and then you see God do a miracle and you think, ooh, that one, that was a great spiritual experience, that miracle. You think you're a human so things bother you and you live like a roller coaster, up and down and I hate my job and I love my job and I hate my spouse and I love my spouse and I hate my kids and I love my kids and all your life is like this because you're, you're just a human. But if you would get this in your mind, that you are actually a spirit and every now and then you experience something human your whole life will change. Because when you recognize you're a spirit, you'll learn to hear from the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and by, learn to bypass a lot of this soul and body issues. See, you're a spirit. Remember when David's little baby died and he immediately got up off the ground and wiped his face and said, okay, well, I, I can't bring him back here, but I'll be with him one day. Here's what he was saying. I just experienced something human. My child died. I'm experiencing some pain. That's human. I'm experiencing some offense, some hurt feelings, some anger. That's part of my soul. That's some human stuff. But let me tell you, I'm not just a soul and body. I'm actually a spirit. And I get to experience a little bit of human stuff. You know, I get to have fun at the beach, and I get to drive fast in my car, and I get to work out. But let me tell you, I'm a spirit. And so let me tell you what matters when you're a spirit. Man, God matters when you're a spirit. Building His kingdom matters when you're a spirit. Forgiving people matters when you're a spirit. When you're a spirit, when you recognize you're a spirit, everything changes. Listen, my whole life is based on Holy Spirit whispers. I've driven down this road a thousand times in my life, probably 2,000. Out of the blue, one day, this whisper says, this property is supposed to be yours. I wasn't listening to K-Love. I wasn't praying or meditating. I was probably burping off my lunch from K&W. And all of a sudden, a whisper, this property is supposed to be yours. And so I was so confident in the whisper, out loud, I said, thank you, God, for that property. Three months later, through a series of events, this property was ours. My second house was purchased because of a whisper that told me to pull off the bypass and go buy that house. I didn't, they said, you need $1,000 down. I didn't have that. The next day, a friend of mine from another country said, God told me to send you $1,000 for a business deal you want to do. That second house was the same payments as my first house that was half the size. 
because by then I would raised equity in the first house. The second house had a better interest rate. Long story short, it was all because of a whisper. My children's names are based on whispers from the Holy Spirit. Everything great in my life is not what God has done. It's what God has said. And if God can speak to a donkey, if He can speak to light, wind, fish, Satan, murderers, prostitutes, and warriors, and dead people, He can speak to me and He can speak to you. The question is, do we have ears to hear? In the Old Testament, there's a story with Elijah, one of my favorite guys. One of my sons is named after him. And in, verse 9, in chapter 19, he was so depressed. I mean, he was so depressed. He, wanted to, he literally said, God, I want to die. Take my life. I want you to see the first thing that he said as he was having this soulish, flesh, bodily, human, poor old me experience. In verse 10 of 1 Kings 19, God said, Elijah, get out of the cave and go on the mountain. The cave represents darkness. It represents ignorance, pride. It represents you don't need God's wisdom. It represents you don't need the church. It represents we're going to do our own thing away from the light of believers. It represents I don't need the word. It represents my own self, my own thoughts. And God said, hey, if you want to experience some of me, get out of the house. Get out of the cave. Get out of the wrong influence and get on the mountaintop, which represents godly wisdom, the voice of God, light, life. So Elijah goes out there and he's waiting. Okay, God, I'm depressed. I want to die. What do you got for me? What are you going to do for me? I'm your prophet. You want to use me? I need you, so show me something great. In verse 11, the Lord himself passed by, and a great and strong wind ripped the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces, but the Lord was not in the wind. Oh, after the wind, this huge earthquake, it ripped the foundations of the mountain, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. Oh, after the earthquake, a fire that could melt any metal on earth. But the Lord, it wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle and quiet whisper. As a side note, earth, wind, and fire used to be called the whispers. That's not true at all. That's not to do with anything. Man, the first service loved that. Okay. 70s day, disco, earth, wind, and fire. Been playing that for two and a half years. Okay. Somebody asked me, they said, John Paul, if God is so amazing and powerful, how come he whispers? Here's the answer. God whispers because he's close. He whispers because he's close to you. You're, you're one of his children. You are, you are one of his children. He don't need to yell at you. He whispers to us because we're close. You know who does shout? You know who does scream at you? You know who does raise their voice at you? You know who does yell? The devil. Some of y'all, you've heard from the devil and you might not even know it. No, I'm not talking about your mother-in-law or anything like that. I'm talking about, I have a great mother-in-law. You're talking about, um, I'm talking about when the devil says you're not going to make it, you're going to die, this addiction is going to be with you the rest of your life, and he screams, you don't need to go to church, you don't need none of that stuff, nobody loves you, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you're not talented enough, you're not going to make it, everything's going to get lost, you're not going to be restored. That's what the devil screams at us. The devil will flood your mind with shouts of lies, and God wants to whisper to you truth. 
Let me show you some symbolism, which I'm going to teach you in the next few weeks what symbolism is. Let me show you some symbolism for the enemy shouting lies at you. Psalm 69, 1 and 14, David said, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. Deliver me from the deep waters who hate me. Do not let the flood waters engulf me. Did David fall in a river? Was David trying to go across the waterway and he fell inside and he's calling God the flood? No. David was being screamed at by the devil. You're not going to be king. God's going to punish you for your mistake. You're never going to make it. Psalms 93.3, the floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves. In Revelation, the serpent represents Satan and the woman represents the church. It represents you and me in the end times, the, the bride of Christ. Revelation 12.15, the serpent hurled water like a river out of its mouth to the woman so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. Satan wants to flood you with lies and cause you to be swept away from the things of God. Satan wants to sweep you away in a flood, away from the church, away from the word, away from the believers. But let me show you a scripture. Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy comes in like a flood, say it good and strong, go. The Spirit of the Lord will standard against them. Here's the point. God's voice doesn't overcome Satan by shouting. He overcomes Satan by calling us closer to his words. He wants to whisper to you. John 16, 12, Jesus said, I have many things to say to you. Everybody say, say. Say, say. So when the Spirit comes, he will lead you. That's, we, could, we, could, we could all agree with that. He will, sp- wait, wait. Did Jesus just say that the Spirit of God wants to speak to you? Did he say communicate or did he say speak? Did he say give you a sign or did he say speak? Did he say mumble or did he say speak? The Spirit will take what I say and reveal it to you or the Amplified Bible says declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. I love the word transmit and here's why. When I was in high school, I either was a redneck or wanted to be a redneck. Either way, I had a truck and I had a big old whip antenna and had a CB in my truck. My handle was 007. You know, 007, yep at it. And I'd talk to my friends, yep at it, Bassmaster, General Lee, or whatever you'd be, you know. Okay, for those of y'all that don't know what a CB is, a CB is a really big cell phone that plugs into your car, and the only way you can talk to somebody is if they're a few miles away. They can't, it's not long distance, okay? CBs are your close, or you talk to truckers. But here's the key. That person has to have a CB to hear you but they got to be on the right frequency. You hear what I'm saying? they got to be on the right frequency. Um, my, my friends, we were on Channel 11, so we knew at 9 o'clock at night to get on Channel 11, we'll find out what everybody's doing. So 9 o'clock at night, Channel 11, and I'd be like, how about it, Bassmaster? And he'd talk to this one, and he'd talk to that one, and we'd all talk to each other. I could be talking to you all day long on my CB. But if you didn't have your CB tuned into the right frequency, you wouldn't hear me. You'd hear other people. You could go to channel 19 and hear the truckers. You could go to channel 23 and listen to people talking Aner. Those two people. <laughs> I remember I didn't say this in the first service, but I used to drive the Burger King in Socasty, and my CB was so powerful. For some reason, the frequency I could get on, and I could talk to them on their headsets. 
So I'd order a Big Mac at Burger King. I'd be like, I want a Big Mac. And they'd, be, they'd tell me I'm number one is what they would do. They'd all come out and, you're number one anyway. And so, so you got to be on the right frequency. Some of y'all, your regular frequency is your emotions. And whatever you feel, that's what you go through. Some of your frequency is the wrong friendships. Some of you got frequency that's the internet or what you see on TV and you believe all that. You got to get, here's the key. Do you know you have the tuner? You have the, your spirit is the CB. Your spirit's the CB. You got it available. You just got to get on the right frequency. My whole life is based on whispers. Just a few more and I'll, I'll let you go. But 23 years ago, I met my friend Mark Kaufman that plays the piano here for us. and He was so mean to me. He was not nice at all. He was not a good person. Some things haven't changed, but either way, he, um, he was playing the piano at Dixie Stampede, and I was there selling popcorn as a teenager for like five bucks an hour, and, and um, I just wanted to play the piano like him. I wanted to, you know, I, I tried to talk to him. He'd be so mean. He would just completely ignore me. Fast forward many years down the road, I started church, and I began learning how to hear from God. And God whispered to me one day. He said, never stop pursuing and he named three different guys. One of those guys got saved a few years ago. The other one I'm still pursuing. And the third one was Mark Kaufman. The first thought was, I rebuke you, Satan. But it wasn't any good there. I said, okay, I'll pursue. So for the next eight years, I pursue these people. I'd call Mark. I'd text him. I'd email him. I'd go to his house. I would bring him soup when he was sick. And I thought, all God wants me to do is get you in church, man. You can sleep the whole time. Just come to church, and I'll feel like I, this whisper will stop. It'll stop. If you can just get, I'll be okay. Just get your butt in church. A few years ago, I, I go through some difficult times in life, and um, I'm closing the church down, and I'm done pastoring. It's done with all of it. And I, I lost friends, and I lost a lot. And I just thought, it's not worth it anymore. And so I decided I wanted to go play the piano for a living, go back to music and be done with pastoring. So I stepped down from pastoring, and I'm asking God, what am I supposed to do? And I hear a whisper that says, go to Mark. Go to Mark. Not talking about the book of the Bible, but going to Mark. And so I thought, oh, good. God's going to hook me up with a job. And Mark, he knows a place that's hiring. So I go to him at the club. I say, hey, remember, you know, you know me. We, I talk every Saturday and Invite you to the church and you ignore me, you know, for the past eight years. That's how it's been. I said, um, I, I, I need to ask you for a job. You know, anywhere that's hiring. I want to be done with ministry. I want to be done pastoring. I'm done with all that. And, you know, I had a lot of Christian friends that walked away from me. So I thought for sure this guy, he's not going to say nothing about Jesus or anything like that. He said, um, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean walk away? I said, I'm done pastoring. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't like it. It's too painful. I'm done with it. He said, you can't quit. He said, you're a great pastor. I said, how do you know? He said, I just know. I said, you don't understand, man. I've made mistakes in my life. I'm just done with all that stuff. Done with dealing with people. Done with all of it. He said, if you'll go back and pastor, I'll come to church and play the piano and lead worship for you. I said, I said, but you don't know any Christian songs. He said, we'll write parodies, and I'll do the parody every Sunday. I'm here today, which means you're here today, because of a whisper. A whisper. 
Now, if you ever get a whisper that says go to a nightclub, put it through some filters first, okay? <laughs> Isaiah 30, 21, if you wander off the road, you'll hear the voice of the Lord saying this is the way walk in it. Last whisper, and I'm done. A few years ago, I have, a, I have a counselor and a psychiatrist and all that good stuff, and I was in a session, and, and man, I was just going through some stuff, and I don't mind dealing with things that's my fault. I'm okay with that. I, I'm, I'm quick to repent for like that, but I was going through some things that wasn't my fault, and I was really mad at God, like really mad. To be very transparent, I was cussing at God out loud, so mad. And my therapist, counselor, whatever you want to call him, says, well, ask God where he was at during that time. I said, you ask God where he was at during that time. I asked God where he was at. I heard this whisper that said, footprints in the sand. Now, for those of you who don't know, that's the most girly, <laughs> sissy Christian poem. So cliche. It's about this guy that was walking along the beach one day, and he said, God, you told me you'd always be with me, and behind me there's only one set of footprints. And God said, son, I was carrying you the whole time. When I heard the whisper, I thought, you know, God, that'd make me feel good if I was a 16-year-old girl, but I'm not. I'm a man. I need to hear a whisper. Is this even from you? The next day, a pastor who I haven't talked to in eight or nine years called me up. He said, I'm coming through Myrtle Beach. I want to see your building. He comes here. We spend 10 minutes max. He's walking in every room. I love it. I love it. So great. God's blessed you. As he was getting in his truck, he stood up on the side and said, if you ever wonder where God's been at in your life, he was carrying you the whole time. I thought, man, another whisper confirmed. 